are back. Welcome to the New York Pangers podcast in partnership with Inside the Rink. I'm your host, Jacob Berkowitz, and I'll be alongside my co-host, Shragi. We are back. The Rangers season is upon us. Rangers preseason starts soon. We're going to be talking about lineup combinations, season predictions, and much more. But first, a quick word from our show sponsor, and then we'll get right to it. And now a quick word from our show sponsor and friends of Inside the Rink, BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines for the 27th year of live betting. Sign up for BETUS.com with promo code RINK for a 125% sign-up bonus. Again, use promo code RINK for your 125% sign-up bonus. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry, BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. And we're back. Shragi, it's been it's been a it's been a really long time. How's it going? Oh yeah. It's been a it's been a real long while and a lot has happened. Yeah, I mean, like this long offseason has just been ridiculously long. Uh it's been it's way dragged out. So preseason notice upon us, it's tomorrow. Uh I figure let's just get right into it with the lineup combinations and then we'll get to season predictions here. Nice. Okay, so let's talk about a bit for last week's, you know, lineup combinations, which were Kreider, Zibanejad, Blay, uh, then Panarin, Trocek, Kravtsov, as then um, Loft, Hedl, and Kako. So basically, there was a lot of conflict here because everyone was saying, why do you have, you know, a third, fourth liner in Blay on the top line? And you have the kids who played amazing in the playoffs, you know, having third line minutes here. So, I mean, I don't know. What are your takes? Because for me personally, the, the problem I had was with this, is that if Gallant gives that third line more ice time, like takes a little bit from the second line, it takes a little bit from the fourth time, and then gives it to the third line, I have no problem with them being on the third line because then they're just getting enough time. And we all saw how the kid line did, you know, in, in, in the playoffs. But right. if you're not going to do that, then you got to give them the top six minutes. You got to put Lop with Kreider and Zibanejad. Um, I don't see with Kravtsov's a little more, you know, it, it's a, I could understand why he put Kravtsov there. I can't understand why he would put Blade there unless he would give the third line, you know, those quality minutes. But I mean, also a lot of, a lot of people are saying, you know, put Kako right instead on that top line. For me, mm-hmm. I don't understand that because it, you don't put your best players on the top line necessarily. You do it based on, you know, what type of style they play, right? So right. if Kreider is that physical, you know, deflection type player, like their skill set profile, right? So right. You want to fit sort of the players that will, you know, create together a good chemistry. Right. Exactly. Like you need the playmaker, you need the sniper, you need the physical right. forward. But if you have Kako and Kreider on the same line, right, then it's just redundant. It doesn't make any sense. That's what about, why Loth would make sense to be there. Right, but. exactly. I feel like that that the hard part over here is that we know that Lafreniere, Hito, Kako proves, and we're talking about proved in a big stage, that they could do a really great job uh, together on being the same line. Being that so, so now how do you fit in that last guy to that top line? You don't believe that, you know, last season, Blay was not officially supposed to be even a first liner. Well, I mean, what, what do you think of Blay on the top line? If, if given the fact, if let's say Gallant would give the third line quality minutes. Now, the reason on Twitter I kind of blasted the idea is because I didn't give, I didn't give Gallant the, uh, 
you know, benefit of the doubt that he would do this because, you know, he benched Kako in game six. Um, right. One of the elimination games was Carolina. I believe it was game five. Hedo uh, had one of the least time on ice minutes. You want to know who had two even strength goals and helped the Rangers win that game? Philip Hedo. So I, I sometimes don't understand what Quant's doing. While he does obviously get credit for bringing the Rangers to the Eastern Conference Finals, there's still a lot of questions. And yeah, I, I don't know. What, what do you think about having Blay on the top line? So I'll tell you, the, the hard thing that I have with Gallant, and I think you'll agree with this, is that we sort of know what the right move is. We'll, we'll sort of lay out a very obvious thing, like give Lafreniere, Hedo, Kako, get the kid line more minutes, take off some of the second, third. But we know that it seems like Gallant's not a fan of this of this kid line thing, and he knows that they were good together, so he's sort of keeping them together. On the other hand, he's not scared to break them apart. He's not scared to do that. And to put Blay, a guy who – you know, was okay at the beginning of, of last season to start, and then that's it. We never saw if he could, if he really, you know, meshed with the rest of this line. You know, putting him on a top line with a crowd as a bandage ad, which already has a chemistry, I don't think it could hurt. I don't think it could hurt because I think Zabanja Crowder have enough of a chemistry, have a really great bro connection that they know that, you know, whichever third guy you put on the line is basically just another guy to try to get it to Zibanejad and Kreider. You're not exactly looking for them to always be the scorer on that line. And when we discuss chemistry on a line, Kreider, Zibanejad, Blay, I mean, Kreider's got the physical, Zibanejad's a great passer. I think Blay could add in both, but I think it's not going to ruin that chemistry. I like Lafreniere better on that line in general because it makes it a power line. Like, if you know in, like, when you play NHL 2K, whatever, on the on the Xbox or whatever. 2K, my God, we're going, like, eight years ago. Yeah. I know, we're going, like, eight years ago, whatever you call it. And it, they don't have, like, a name for it anymore. Just, like, NHL 23, that's it. Uh, they have not done a great job in developing that game. But they, uh, they, they you sort of get, like, a plus three for, like, a line with, like, excellent chemistry where there are things match. A line with Blay will just sort of make it okay. A line with Lifrenade just makes it a plus. And like you said, like, you sort of want the depth. You sort of don't want to take your lines and say, here's my three best players that line will go out there and the rest like we're sort of playing around with what we got well, at the same time like you don't put your you don't always put your top three players together right because let's say if Kako was one of the best right you don't put him with Kreider and Zibanejad because putting Kreider and Kako on the same line is redundant because they have the same similar styles you need different aspects different some people to bring different stuff to the table to make a line the reason why a line of Marshan Bergeron and Pasternak works. I know people are saying, well, they put their top lines together. It's because they have different, you know, different things to bring to the trade. But Marshan's more physical. Bergeron's a two-way center. Pasta's the goal right. scorer. Um, in Colorado, Landeskog, McKinnon, and Rantanen. Landeskog right. was the two-way forward. Rantanen was that playmaker. Rantanen was the sniper. Or I guess Rantanen and McKinnon would kind of, you know, swap, swap um, uh, you know, switch on that front. But I mean, it, with the Rangers, they don't have that luxury because they don't, I, I spoke to Drew about this uh, a bit of a while ago, they don't really have that perfect player to fit with Kreider and Zibanejad. It's just well, the best. Let me, well, let me let me ask you. You have when you look at a guy like Kreider, whose deflection is going to be more of the inside player. Zibanejad more of the outside, especially with that when he when he's on that left wing, just like snipering it into into Kreider. What are you looking for in that third player? Are you looking for a player that's sort of? I'm looking for a playmaker. Player? I'm looking for a guy that could get it to Zibanejad or you know throw it to Kreider for a deflection. That's what I'm really looking for. Well, that is really Lafreniere, though. That is really Lafreniere over Blay. That really True, that but Lafreniere has made it known that he's not comfortable on the right side. Now, he said he'll Correct. do it, but he's has made it known that he's, you know, he's more comfortable on the left side, which well, I'm totally fine with if they get quality minutes. If not... Well, wasn't Blay supposed to be on the left wing, if I recall, last year? 
Uh, he flipped around a lot. He flipped around a, a line, lot. There was a so line like, before he got injured of Lafreniere, Heedle, and Belay, and they were doing serious damage. But correct. Like, so wouldn't that wouldn't that not hurt? Let's say of 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 moving Blade down and keeping on that line. Even a, a Kako. I know Kako is, doesn't work with the fact they have two Kakos and a Kreider, but a Lafreniere, Heedle, and Blade line does it make that third line weak, and it makes that first line pretty dangerous. So, I, I mean, they tried it out last year uh, with Kako and Kreider. I, I just – I am so against it. I don't know why, like, I'm that against it, but, like, I am really, really against it. It's just I don't, I don't see it working out at all, and I don't think it worked out last time it happened. I think they switched right away. I think – Kawan's like, you know, Kako's been doing great. We're going to give him, you know, we're going to bump him up a spot. But you don't always put your top players on the same line. That Hello, we have Panarin and Zibanejad on different lines, right? We need depth. Right. Now, the right, thing it's is, true. And you also, have, you, also have, you also have the fact that we, we haven't talked about it yet, but Kravtsov's on that second line. Is he someone that maybe we moved down saying that he's someone that we don't even know if he's proven yet? You know, he believes that he's he was good enough that he could fight with the management and get into fights, which whoever's fault that was in the management department, at the end of the day, Kraftsov has to prove that he's worthy enough of being on this team that so much so that they went out of their way to say, yeah, come back and we're not just going to dump you off. Oh, I totally agree. But here's the, actually the thing is that Kraftsov has been blowing it away in camp um, uh, based on what Vincent and Molly and Khan is tweeting out. I mean, he's been absolutely destroying it in camp. I actually liked Kako more on that, you know, on the Panarin Trocheck line because they needed that tough player. Panarin has always needed that guy to get in the dirty areas, you know, passing the puck. Um, and Trocheck actually fits the bill more because he actually, I, I didn't realize this. I thought he was just shooter mentality, but then I looked in the offseason, like, you know, he really gets to the dirty areas. He does all that stuff. And the thing is, is we saw that one on one, we saw that personally in the playoffs. I mean, well, with well with Strowman, um, Cop, yeah. I believe it was with Cop that that, that was happening. Cop, yeah, yeah. No, Panarin has always had that guy to get to the dirty areas. It was Jesper Foss, Con Blackwell, and then the guy everyone's saying is Hello, Capo Kako fits the bill perfectly. They tried it at the beginning of the last year. I believe Kako had eight points in eleven games, and then they stopped it. Now there was a rumor that Rick Carpinello posted, I think, two years ago before he retired. That Panarin wasn't so hot about being with Kako on Kako's line. I we discussed this last year. I right. love Panarin, man. But hey, if you guys play your best hockey with Kako, you're gonna have to suck it up. You you really you're really gonna have to. I know well, if Kravtsov works out, that's a different story. But like right. you know, well, well, let me ask you: Do you believe? Do you believe that at some point in the year, Trocek drops down to the third line at some point? And no. I think Heedle, I, I think this is Heedle's last year as a Ranger, just with the cap situation. Uh, mm-hmm. I think this is his last year as a Ranger. Um, I, I think maybe they'll go with like a young, cheaper option as a third line center um, next year. I, I, we, we don't even know. Like, I don't want to go there because we have no idea who's going to be available. Who's, I mean, we're talking right. about next year. We haven't even started this year yet. But I think they've, you know, invested in Trocek. I don't think he touches that third line at all. Um, now they, interesting enough today, uh, they tried, hold on, which was it? I believe they tried, um, Panarin, Trocek and Lafreniere. That, that's a, that's a solid line. Now, if Lafreniere is going to go to that right side, I would just put him with the Kreider and Sabanajan line. 
I mean, I, I though I like Gowan is trying to experiment here. Gowan hasn't been, you know, known to experiment a lot. I, I like that he's doing that because, hey, it's preseason. You know, it can't hurt. You lose. It's a preseason game. Like, now's the time to, you know, try stuff out. Right. You're very, you know, we discussed that. We discussed it a million times in the season. We were like, okay, this is the point to try this out. This is the point to move this player, that player. I think that this is the point, especially when we're starting off with a team that I think has a little more clarity in their identity. You know, they went through already a deep playoff run against some teams and they get their identity of what they'd like to be. Now is the time to try out how you gain that identity, how you have, do you have the players to build that identity to the next level? And that's where you I also think have they to kind realize. of already did that in the playoffs. I feel like that, that playoff run like really established. Right. I think I feel like you have to take the next step. You have to take the next step is building that chemistry to the next level where teams are already like that they you know, you gain that depth. You have the players, you know, you did lose a couple of players from last year that were vital to you, Cop and Stroman, players like that. But at the end of the day, now you have now you have other players in there. You got you got you got um got Carpenter coming in for a fourth line center, probably, who's a great you know, uh uh what to call it, uh a two-way center, yeah. Yeah, to a right to a center. So in general, you bring in all these different players. You want to take the next level. That's what I feel when I look at these lines. I say, okay, let's let's try things out. That's why when I see Hayek and Schneider on the same line, I say, eh, I don't I don't well, like Hayek that. Hayek doesn't belong in the yeah. NHL. I mean, there is worries <laughs> from the past week when Hayek was paired with Brian Schneider. Everyone's like, oh no, we're gonna have Hayek as our sixth defenseman, while we have this guy Zach Jones who who has a pretty quality you know upside here, and we already you know botched Nils Lundqvist here so yeah. you know don't don't botch another one and thank god today we're seeing uh a line of Jones and Brandon Schneider which is thank god because we like that yeah yeah Hayek what I mean you? I looked over some highlights of Hayek it's just abysmal there are sometimes I don't know I don't even know what he's doing I saw an article I saw an article of oh Hayek preparing to take the next important step in the Rangers whatever. yeah that, that's like, clickbait and stuff I was I mean, like get out of here no, no, he's no, no. Lucky, think he's, he's lucky that, like, you know, if he would get a seventh defenseman role. I, I mean, he doesn't – I don't think he would even do good in the AHL. I, I'm yeah. – Yeah, you know what? I, I feel like it's Hayek getting ready for his next step out the door Um, for me. I, you know, I almost feel like him and VZ are the two guys where I'm, like, nervous what's going to happen with them. Right. I mean, I think things calmed down. Everyone was panicking in August. Oh, VZ's going to be on the second line. You know, yeah. it's going to be Dryden Hunt 2.0. But he has yet to touch those top two pairing lines. Now, there was a line of... Uh, this morning was VZ, uh, Hedl, and Kravtsov on that second line. You know, well, it's only second line because he was in that group. Like, right, there's four right. individual yeah. groups. So, like, that's the line of that group. I, I'm fine with him, like, you know, VZ experimenting on the fourth or third line. That I'm fine with. Just don't don't touch the top six. Although, when, when VC, you know, when it's actual regular season, no, VC should not be touching that third line. Right. I, I mean, I haven't kept track like 100% into every single one of these, you know, uh, practices and stuff. But from what it sounds like, there's a lot of players showing up to camp looking very good. And oh, everyone's pumped that, up. That's just that's exciting when you come into a team and just everyone's excited. And it seems like everyone's buying into, you know, whatever the coach has to say, has to, you know, play. And that's going to be great to even have, you know, the guy like Blay that's coming in that really missed out in a sense of last year's amazing playoff run. He he's a guy I think is like almost thirsty to just get right into that season. He's a right. guy I that mean yeah the Kako is on the top pair now I see with uh Mika's advantage and a credit. Again, I think it's redundant. I don't think it it works 
think you're kind of putting the same type of players on the same line. I, I think you need to diversify it. I, I, I don't, I mean, listen to me, that first lineup with, I'm again, I'm fine with playing the top line as long as that third line gets quality minutes. But obviously with Gallant, you got to hold your breath and say, you know, wait a minute, but let's see if he actually does it. You know, Gallant gives that like, he, he does like 80% of it. Like that makes sense. And, and then you want an explainer to go on. You're like, okay, so that means you're going to do this, right? Like, okay, it makes sense that you have Kreider, Spanish at play, uh, and then that sets uh, second line and then the third line of the kill line. Okay. That makes sense. If you, you know, give time to that third line, are you going to do that? Go on. He's like, no, like you, you came halfway having the right idea. And then you just stopped like halfway, you know what I'm saying? Right, it's just how Gallant seems to run. He's not exactly a believer in you're the guy, and that's and then I'm gonna take it with that. Like I have my guys, I go with my way. It's not exactly uh someone that goes with the obvious. Right, he has way. his specific guys, which like yeah, same as last year. Though, like yeah, again, hopefully, like Gallant was never the experimental type of person. So, I mean, it's good to see him, you know, change it up a bit. So, if he's changing this up, yeah. Maybe I'm thinking now that, you know, maybe he's willing to, you know, give that third line more ice time. I mean, ho- hopefully. I mean, we, we don't really know. Um, with Zach with Zach Jones, uh, I mean, he's got to win that spot or else we are screwed on that third pairing. Like, with, with him... Well, what is, well, the question is, the question is really, in a sense, how much how much Zach Jones has to really show? Because if Hayek's that bad, he should easily win that spot. You know, you would think that, but... Based on the Rangers, you know, management, it's not so simple. Uh-huh. I mean, it's it, it, common sense says, okay, Jones gets the spot. I mean, Nils Lundqvist is out of here. The only one who would rival him for that shot is Robertson. And I haven't heard his name a bunch during training camp so far. It seems like Zach Jones is running away with it. So, right. I mean, common sense says, okay, it's Zach Jones' spot to lose. But then again, you're seeing, oh, Hayek was with Schneider for a bit. You know, you got to worry because, you know, is Hayek, you know, going to be that sixth defenseman come opening night? But, I mean, also, it's nice to note that, like, um, hold on, what was it? Yeah, no, Halak being the backup, it's a nice change of pace from Georgiev. I mean, I really do not like Georgiev. I, I really like Halak. I mean, maybe it's just because, you know, every time we play him, he just shuts us out and that's it. We literally gain a win. From just you know signing him because <laughs> he's get, he's now, we, we, now we don't have to pay him. Now we don't exactly. have to you know play him and you know get shut out one nothing. I can't wait for that time that Halak comes in to start for the Rangers and absolutely does amazing. And then we say like fewer on this side of it because I mean every single time that we got out there against him, it, it was it was just like closed doors. And not necessarily because we yeah, it, it was a nightmare. It, it was always a nightmare versus him. It doesn't matter what team he was. And on. the depth now at, at at goalie with Dominguez as well. Yeah, I mean, it's a nice piece to have Louis Dominguez as the third as the third you know backup goalie. Obviously, I'm not a fan if he plays that night, but it, it's it's better than you know who who was our third string backup goalie last year. I can't even remember. Kincaid, right, right, right. Actually, he wasn't bad, but, you know, it, it's a nice, you know. In, remember he had that one, he came up once and had an amazing game. It was uh, versus Arizona, no? Yeah, versus Arizona. He had a great, I mean, it's Arizona, but again, I, I, the interesting thing that's been bothering me really about this in general coming into the stranger season is is how in general they can't, these five, how they can like develop their five and five more. And that's something right. that I think has to get put into as well in the lines. I mean, I which, think Trocek helps that 
immensely. I, I think he yeah, brings an true. element to that line that's terrific. Strom just seemed to be a product of Panarin. I know he had good numbers without Panarin. It just always seemed that, you know, he didn't bring enough to the table as a second line center. Uh, I think Trocek is a, is a big upgrade on him. I don't think he's just a small one. He's much better at faceoffs also has a shooting mentality. Hopefully he doesn't, you know, miss the empty net like crazy. And I'll just, I'll just excited though. It's nice to see, you know, Panarin have like quality line mates here. I mean, if Kravtsov doesn't work, you have Kago here, who apparently has a rocket of a shot coming into training camp. It's amazing. Uh, even on even on the NHL 23, they, they list him in the top 10 of shots. Which yeah, is, they saw that video. You, you saw that viral video, Yeah, right? I saw like that Kako, video. Kako, like, yeah. hitting a one, 105, like, mile-per-hour shot or something. Yeah. And, uh, and then I saw the EA Rams. I'm like, okay, there's no way they didn't, like, you know, just base it off that one video here. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's not really it's not really accurate these things. I mean, you look at no, the it's ratings. not. Come on, they underrated the the ratings of of Georg, uh, sorry of Shosturkin as well. What did they put him as? I think it was a ninety two. Oh, right, right. and Vasilevsky was a ninety four. Vasilevsky Shosturkin was definitely better than him in the Eastern Conference Finals. It, it doesn't matter ninety two than... compared to ninety four. Like at least make him equal to Vasi. It, it was. It, it definitely should have been equal. That, that's a little ridiculous. All right, so we got yeah. we got like ten minutes left here. So let's just go over our season predictions here. Um, you you want to go first? Okay, I, I have. I actually wrote down to myself like a bunch of different ideas of what predictions I have for the season. I think will be big. I think as on as on cue, Kako. I think he's going to be a huge, huge player this year. Last year we saw the you know emergence of Lafreniere coming to step up like amazing uh, to the next level. I think Capocaco. This is this is a time where he's going to show people I, I'm not just the I'm not just the I'm not just the nobody on this team. I'm going to take a big step. The second thing, I actually think Panarin is going to do much better this year. I think that last year he didn't do bad. He led the team in points. On the other hand, I think that he really needed to step take a step up in a lot of the the you know the leadership and the helping out on the on the and making the playmaking. I think he's going to step up. I think I, I personally think he wasn't even healthy most a lot of the season, and so therefore it was a lot effective. And last but not least, and this is my favorite, I think Truba's going to step up. He, him being given the captain, which I don't think we all agreed in, but he, in a sense, does make some very big plays. It seems like the players really look up to him. I think he could really take the next step. I think he's someone that I, I drafted him in fantasy. Yay for me. I, I believe in him. I think he could take. I mean, our hits category was dropped since two years ago. Well, two years ago, we had a. We had our hits, and there's this guy. I forget his name. He was on like the Ducks, and then he was on the Hawk and Paw. For some, he doesn't yeah. get any points or anything. But because we messed up on our hits, on our hits, you know how many points you get for hits. Right, right. Hawk and Paw was in the top hundred because oh he got God. like ten points again, uh, ten hits right. game. So right. we're like, all right, we got to dumb it down this year, and it worked out last year pretty well. Yeah, um, the draft I mean, last night though was pretty. Uh, no, that I, was I, I honestly like my team. My team is definitely. Uh... I am so happy. Come on, I, I this is like last year. I took I think pasta with my first pick, and that really did not work out. Uh, but me getting, in my opinion, Connor, I mean, Kyle Connor, Vander Kane, Makar. Oh, I so mean, okay. So I, I just I just want to tell you this, and then we'll go to the ridiculous on my side. I was the pick, I believe, before. No, I'm sorry, after you. Because you it was the a first snake. pick of the draft. No, 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 no. So the snake draft, right? So right. I'm talking. I'm talking about when it was. You know, it flipped around. I had the fifth pick. Right, right, right. Oh, okay. So you were a few picks before me because I picked, and then I was going to pick with my next pick, Evander Kane. Uh huh. 
And then, and then you snag them away from me and that screwed me up. Cause I'm like, Oh shoot, who am I going to pick now? I ended up picking Sam Reinhardt, but, it's um, not a game, but no, I honestly, I'm shocked. No one picked up Jack Hughes until like the fifties. I picked him up. I'm like, I think this guy's going to have a hundred point season as much as I hate to admit it. But, right. and then I got, you know, just on, on the side, I got Connor McDavid, but no, no, no big thing there. Um, yeah, no. I, and then I got nice rookie Ken Johnson with my last pick, who I think is going to be a steal. But um, OK, so my, my basically my prediction for the Rangers is um, honestly coming into the season, I had a friend here having the breakout season. I think he's still obviously having that breakout season. But Kago really is coming in. He has a much better shot than before. He seems just more. I don't know, assertive of himself. It, 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 I don't know. I, I think Kakabo, Kako, and Alfrenia are, are going to take the next step this year. I know we say it every year, and it just doesn't happen. But I think those playoffs showed what they're capable of. And I think they're both just going to take the next step this year. Now, with Alfrenia, I think we could still expect what we wanted out of him. But Kapo Kako, I think people have to be realistic into what we what's expected to of him now. He's never. I don't think he's ever going to be what we ever envisioned him to be when we picked him second overall, he's not going to be that 35 goal, 80 point scorer Who's, you know, dynamic and all that. I think he's going to be a 60 point getter, 30 goals, 30 assists, which is not, which is not bad at all. That's not nothing to be wrong about here. Just, you know, let's lower expectations for that. Like, you know, that craziness that when we draft him second overall um, and with the Rangers as a whole, I, I think they, you know, I, I was thinking about it a bit. I'm like, who can they beat? Who can they not beat? I don't understand why people aren't, you know, focused on this, but Tampa's slowly, slowly losing pieces every single year. I mean, thank God. Two years ago, <laughs> two years ago, they lost Yanni Gord. They lost Blake Coleman. Um, and then this year, they lost Ryan McDonough, Andre Pollat. I mean, slowly but surely, their, their pieces are falling out. And I don't think Tampa's going to be the dominant, you know, that dominant team everyone thinks they're going to be. Because, I, I mean, listen, they're losing pieces right and left. They're, they're still going to be an amazing team. I, I don't think they're, you know, going to be the team to beat anymore. I, that's obviously, you know, to Colorado now. I mean, they lost Nelson Kadri, but you have to think they're going to add at the trade deadline, uh, whether it's Patrick Kane or all that. On a side thing before, you know, I make my prediction for the uh, season, I don't think we get Kane. I think Colorado gets No way. Kane. I actually think that it's a, a, just the world wants us to get Kane because they want to match him with Panarin and it's the right place and all that. I mean, but it I does fit they, perfectly on paper also. Okay, but that doesn't make it that it's the right move. No, no, no. no. You're, you're absolutely right. But yeah, but there are a lot of connections there. Kane likes Panarin. Kane like wants to be in New York. Uh, Kane, you know, maybe that's what we need with Panarin. You know, there's a lot. I think there's more chances he goes to the Islanders than the Rangers. I mean, I, I personally think he goes to Colorado. Um, and, and besides, even if Colorado would team 50%, I think hockey step minor had us at having 4 million, 4 million trade yeah. deadline. Now, whether, yeah, obviously we could trade Reese or something to make up that difference, but I, I just don't see us getting Kane unless the only thing, if Colorado, let's say drops out of that, then I think Drury would step on it. Cause I don't think Drury, I don't know. I honestly, I don't know. I keep on, you know, going back and forth, that we're getting Kane, we're not getting Kane. You, you just don't know because what happens, right? If Capocaco tears it up, right? You're not trading him. So who are you training for Kane? Right. So, right. like, there's nothing there. And if Kako and Lafreniere are, are, you know, scorching the earth, I mean, where are you even putting Kane? So, like, we have no idea where this team's going to be in six months. Like, 
that, that'll define whether we get Kane or not. Because if, let's say, Kako's not having a great year, let's say he, he's not doing anything, then there's a discussion to be made. But if Kako is tearing it up, you know, yeah, I, I don't think we get Kane at all. I think Colorado snags him up, which is going to be a, a nightmare. I mean, Colorado's already a nightmare to begin with. Imagine if they have Patrick Kane. Like, he's that, really, again, we know he's at his older, his older part of his career, and we know that he, we don't know how long he's going to be able to, you know, play anymore. But again, it's going to, he's going to land up with a team that I actually think is not going to be the Colorado uh, Avalanche. I think it's going to be very possible he'll land up with a team that's looking to make that last step towards a playoff run and he's the right piece. I do not at all think that he'll go to just the best team possible. If Colorado's looking, if Colorado's that team, you might be the team, but I honestly think he's going to land up with a team we don't expect. I don't think that the Colorado Avalanche are going to look to that desperately to trade all their pieces for that, for, for, for a player that's a rental. I think you're going to look for a team more like, a shocker team that could use him as a rental because they know that they they won't have to spend him for a long time and they could just take him in. Uh, a team in my mind that would, you know, that you could always say is, uh, I don't know, the Penguins could always try to make a move for him, being that they're anyways an old team. I mean, and, the Penguins you know, and Washington Capitals, if I was a fan of theirs, I'd be very, you know, hesitant right now because they're both getting older. I mean, Capitals don't have Backstrom. They don't even know if they're going to have him for the year at all or whether his career is done. I mean, at all, he could be back in three months. He could be here. At, no, he could, you know, not be there ever again with Pittsburgh. All it takes is one of Sidney Crosby, Malkin, and Latang to digress, and, and it's over for them. So, like, I, I think those teams, like, let, let's do it right now. Do we think we could be Pittsburgh in the playoffs? Yes. yes. Do we think we could be Washington Capitals in the yes. playoffs? Yes. I don't yes. think they make the playoffs, but yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, either way, do we believe we could beat the Panthers in the playoffs? Um, in seven. Right, but but we think we could beat them, right? Yeah. Okay, do we think we could beat Tampa Lightning now that you yes, know they lost yes. some key pieces? I, I think that with the anger also of last year, they're gonna they're gonna wanna. Yeah. Okay, and then last but not least, Carolina. Do we think we could beat them? I, I think See, that's so. the one that I go like I I have a hard time with, especially with how they played last year. And I know that they, did but they really lost nice Trocheck though. I know they got Patcheretti, but they did lose Trocheck. Now I know Patcheretti, you know, is a, a very nice piece, and they got him for nothing. But I mean, I'll tell you, I'll tell you like this, Patcheretti. The one thing that I always have in mind, and I know this from fantasy too, the guy can't stay healthy. The guy is not on the ice for more than a twenty game, fifteen game stretch. And he's getting hurt left and right. It, you right. know what? You get to the playoffs. And, and you done. have to assume, like, people are saying Seth Jarvis, you know, is going to make the next step. That, that, that's, you know, he's going to have to do that if Carolina is going to contend. Like, well, there, there are so many Tony questions D'Angelo, with them. Just remember, the, they, they, they lost Tony, Tony D'Angelo, who was a big part of the defense. Of all, you also. know, I know people were laughing at that Brett Burns trade, but I, yeah. I'm kind of that guy in the corner. And I'm like, you know, that's not such a bad move. Yeah, That's but really I also not. believe Brent Burns won't do much. I also believe the that as much. Why I think he's got to do well is he doesn't have to be that guy. And you know who he's got to be paired up with? Jacob Slavin, the, one of the best defensive defensemen right. in the league. So I, I don't think it was such a bad move. Um, if I was Carolina, I actually really like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, you never know what you're going to get out of a guy who there's a reason why the, the, the Sharks let him go. Remember, he's this. He was a shark's heart, if you know what I mean. He was right. he was really their heart. The fact that they let one of their hearts go means they obviously felt there's nothing left in the tank to really just have him on the roster for. Well, even if he did, it's more of, you know, even if he did, it's getting the assets now before, you know, he doesn't have anything left in the tank. 
Um, right. So, I mean, okay, so that, that's the Eastern Conference. I know there are a bunch of other teams. Ottawa's a team I'd love to see. They're going to be very exciting. I think we could beat Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, I think, I think I mean, we could beat the Boston Bruins. Oh, the Bruins, yeah. So Although, it's not, it's I not think like it's be not going to be a better team this year. I think they'll be a better team this year. Right, but I'm not saying that it's not going to be hard. It's not going to be tough. It's not going to be, you know, go to game six, game seven. I'm not saying the Rangers are going to, you know, blow by everyone. That's not what I'm saying here. I'm saying we, we could lose in the seventh, uh, second round um, to, I know, the Carolina Hurricanes in like six games. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying is there's a possibility. And, and it's not like, oh, there's always a possibility. There, there's and understanding like that it's a possibility we could beat any team in the East. So, and no one, ex- and no one would tell you last, last year, no one would tell you that the Rangers were able to beat them and go as deep as they did this year. So no, well, you got on, everything went right for them. The kid line did amazing. Um, Chef Sturkin played out of his mind. Zvanajet and Crowder, you know, led the way. Uh, I, I mean, everything went right for them in the playoffs. The only thing that didn't is, you know, uh, Strom missing that empty net in, you know, game six, which was, uh, I'm sorry, it was game five, I believe. Um, it, it just yeah, felt like at the end, just say that he missed the open, open net. So you don't, it, have to it just, it just felt that at the end, uh, game five, game six, the yeah. Rangers were just out of gas. I, I, I think it That's was where crazy. I tried to figure out, like, was that a thing? Was that a thing of, of just being young or was that a thing of just not being, of just not no, being? No, I, I think it was out. a crazy stat of how many games they played in a small span of time. Correct. That That's where I think the lightning, the lightning um, coach. And the, Tampa had a break. Tampa had a break before. While it did great for us in the beginning, I think John Cooper said, like, you know, we, we came in. You know, while it helped them in the beginning that we came in a little rusty, you know, at the end of the day, we had the break. And he even praised the Rangers saying, like, you know, like this team's got to go places. Um, So, obviously, I personally, you know, I have to assume Colorado, the team nowadays, is not going to be team come playoff time because I think they're going to upgrade. That's the team I don't think the Rangers beat. I don't think they could beat them. I think it would Unless, unless Capo and Frenny scorch the earth, if they do, then you have a different conversation. But I'm going well, just, now, you know. I'm getting hot in the playoffs. That's why when I look at the season like this, I say to myself, well, in the regular season, I could see Kako doing great. Again, you need the playoffs, then, you know, the, the heat. You know, you need someone, you know, people, you need players to get hot. Right. I mean, well, it, right. It has to happen at the right time. And, you know, that's a lot to ask. But I mean, listen, the Rangers are not going to have, you know, an easy time, but I think it's definitely possible for them to make to the finals, whether they could win or not. I, I don't, I, I don't know. Like, I don't, again, I don't know what Colorado is going to add at the deadline, but it's going to be a solid amount. And I'll tell you one thing. I will tell you one thing. Okay. You have Adam Fox getting a little bit more experience, right? You but have they have Kel McCart. Andre Miller getting more experience. You have, you have, if you look at some of the players that did good last year and you're giving them another year where they went almost to the finals, went to game seven before the finals, okay? Game six, game six. Game six, sorry, before the finals. And they got that far. You know, I'm sorry to say, but what you would consider as the Adam Fox of last year may be even the better Adam Fox of this year. And you're going to tell me halfway through the season and say, wow, you know, when I look at this, I go, oh my gosh, like, how, how are we not going to beat them? How we, you have, that's why it's so hard to look at this where you have so many players like Panarin, like Kreider. Remember, Kreider may not hit 50 goals again, but again, you could get more. Yeah, I, I have him hitting like 35, 40. I, I don't I have him hitting 50. I have him around 32, 33, not even up there because I think he'll have more of a team role. And I think guys like the Banjad, Panarin, 
Blade, they're going to be scoring more depth than to be scoring. That's what I think they needed in general. I think Miller, Andre Miller, is going to take the NHL by storm. I've been posting it on Twitter, but I, I think he's going to take the lead by storm, Andre Miller. I mean, that guy is going to be an absolute. He's already. He's got to be an absolute beast. And if he um, just, like we mentioned last year, if he just learns to use what his what his body. So can- he he used his body a lot in the playoffs. Like second half, he used his body more. He was like elite at step checking. It was crazy. And I'm like, if he just used spotting more, this guy would be insane. And he did start doing that. And then people are now training camp are telling us, you know, you know, that big step he just took last season. I think he just took another one. So, I mean, that's all I think we're going to have now. One more thing to add, though, is Colorado's goaltending is going to be shaky. So that is one thing to add. Again, Rangers still got to make it there. They still got to beat Carolina. They still got to beat Pittsburgh. They still got to beat those guys. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. They, they could literally lose in the first round. Like they could lose in the Eastern Conference final. Um, but yeah, what were you saying? No, I'm saying we're going to have good, some good tape on Georgiev, you know? <laughs> yeah, no. I, it's got to happen where he's got to get a shutout on us in the regular season. I don't have a doubt in my mind about that. I actually I actually disagree with that. I think he's not. I don't. Think I think he's going to shut us down so badly. It's going to be a mess on Twitter that night. Oh, man. That's not actually the team I'm really, in a sense, Okay, that happens, that happens. Let me ask you this question. Which non-Ranger from last year will have the most effect against them this year? Meaning, will be doing the best or, or do the most against, be the most lethal, most lethal or take the next step? Um, I don't really like Ryan Strom that much. Um, I see, I, I'm, I wouldn't say it if it weren't, but Steve Yarsman is just genius GM. Now, I don't understand the bench thing. That's the one thing I'll never understand the bench here, why everyone thinks he's so good when he's not. But if Steve Yarsman thinks Andrew Cobb's a stud or, or really good, I got to say that Andrew Cobb, because you, you don't question Steve Yarsman. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I, I, I think we're going to end it off here. About how yo, 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 one thing back- yeah. Oh, fine. No, no problem. I was just thinking about the fact that we're going to, we're going to talk, let's say one week into the season and go shoot, let's quickly switch things up. I mean, we have no clue what we're going to expect, especially from the team. I think this is one of the teams that are going to have some of the highest ceilings and lowest floors possible. Right. Yeah, no, I, I think, listen, a lot of it rests on Shesterkin this year. Um, you know, can he have the season that he has last year? That, that's a bit, that's a crazy amount to ask. I think he'll, that was an historic I year. I think he'll do very close. I don't do that last I think he may not have the best save percentage, but I think he'll be top three. I, yeah, I have him, Sorokin, and Vasilevsky just because, you know, he has the name Vasilevsky in the top three. Who wins the um, Vesna? I, I I have to think about it, but that's the top three I have. Demko was a I, – I, I don't know. I don't know a lot about Demko, but a lot of smart people, you know, that I trust are telling me Demko. All right. I think we're going to end it off here. Shragi, take care, man, and uh, we're back. Good to be back. Bye.